it time? This is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. If you don't take time out of your work-focused and busy life to experience adventure, neither did today's guest, Robert Ott. But the birth of his daughter motivated him to find balance and make time to get lost in adventure. In this episode, you'll hear Robert's story and find out how you can start your own adventures. He's a businessman, family man, and a wild adventurist. Get ready to hear how you can start where you are and make time for adventure. This is Robert Ott. How are you? I am good, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me, by the way. Good to see you. It's been forever. It's been forever, my friend. I tell you, let's get caught up a little bit. Let's start with this. When we met, it was uh, a production. Was it in La Jolla? We were setting up for a convention, I think, with Preston. Yep, with Preston Parsons, yeah. We were working for a production company, which no longer exists. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Really, we met there. Yeah. But over the years, um, I had just really been impressed with you, love you, and wanted to interview you on uh, on this podcast. So thanks for joining in today. Thank you for having me. Okay, let's do this. What was your upbringing? Where some of the things you went through? Was it California? No, no. I was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No way. Yeah, yeah. And um, typical city boy, just did all the city boy things. Um, I, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And um, got through high school, got through two years of college at UW-Milwaukee, and then realized Milwaukee just wasn't it for me. I went out to Arizona for six years. I went from Arizona to California, and I was in California for 22 years before I jumped ship. How old were you when you moved to Arizona? Mid-20s. 24, maybe. So that wasn't really working. So you ended up in California. What were you doing in California? The very first job I had in California was a sales manager at Sprint. No. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) when I was in Arizona, um, the production season dries up in summertime. That's why I left because in summertime, it's so hot. Nobody does anything. So I got a job with um, a friend of mine at Sprint. And I became the sales manager really quick. And so I said, I'm moving to California. And they transferred me to California. When I got there, it wasn't anywhere near what it was supposed to be. So I went right back <laughs> into production. So in fact, the company the company we were working for is the very first guy to give me a job. Amazing. What kind of kid were you? Troublemaker. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, I was definitely, um, I, I went through my time of, of just not caring. And the same with the whole group of friends that I grew up with that I'm still friends with today. They're my closest friends. We went through some junk, all of us together. We all came from somewhat broken homes. A lot of my friends never knew their fathers. Um, And it's just, you know, the typical story. But we all basically raised each other. And we never broke ship. Like even before social media existed, every time I came back to Milwaukee, we had a gathering of 30 people. And that was from the day I left until even today we get together once a month with 20 of us and just hang out. Oh, my. Did you grow up more on the streets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went to uh, my parents sent me to parochial school because in kindergarten I got into a fight. 
So, <laughs> so I was in a parochial school um, until eighth grade, and I decided I didn't want to keep going to parochial school, so I went to public school. And, yeah. of course, that's when I fell right back into the, the little kid habits. Um, and one of the big reasons I left Milwaukee was because I knew I had to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Right. For me to, to me to grow up and be a man, I had to walk away because it was too much temptation. Yeah. So it really helped you then to develop when you got into California, you made better choices and. Yeah. And it was the people too. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you'll attest to this people there succeed. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of really hard workers there. And yeah. so that's what was my motivation. Like as I yeah. looked around, like with Preston and you and all the guys we were working with seeing this, you know, most of you guys are musicians. I was never a musician, mm-hmm. but I could look at that and go, okay, I need a drive. I need something to push me in life. And so it was business. You've always been entrepreneur type yes. person. You know, that takes goals. It takes vision and passion and you have those things. And so over the years, though it may have looked different, I've seen those qualities come out in you, you know, I hope, I hope they're still there. Oh yeah. They are. <laughs> the new undertaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about um, this love for the adventure and the hiking and nature. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, it started when I was little, my dad used to take us camping on weekends and my dad wasn't exactly an outdoor guy. He just liked camping. Right. And so we would go to this pretty much the same campsite every time that's surrounded by woods. So during the day, I would just go get lost. I would just <laughs> wander into the woods, get lost, eventually found my way back. Oh, you know, my dad was still at the fire drinking beer, so he didn't care. Yeah. Right. And then when I moved on and went to like Arizona and even to California, I kind of left that behind for a while because my concentration was business. I wanted to make something in my life. But then when he got to California, they have an amazing trail system and camping system and all the BLM land. Like there's no, I don't understand how people in California can't be outdoor people. Right. And so that's when I got back into it. And then when Phoenix was born, when she hit that age that I could see her learning things, I wanted to share all everything I knew with her. Awesome. So maybe our listeners don't know, but there is hundreds and hundreds of miles available for hiking and climbing and all that. So that was a love of yours to find out where these were and to go after it and experience it. Yes, it was. Okay. I always wanted somewhere new. I always wanted to get lost like I did when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I love it. Um, and then that, that just went right into the, getting back into shape, right. And, and worrying more about my health. And I started vlogging it because that was a reason for me to go on that next trail. Right. I, I had to put out a video every Sunday. That was a goal I set for myself. So that means that I had to take at least one hike that week and video it so I can edit it and put it out on Sunday. So I was holding myself responsible just to get in better shape. What are some of the trails that, that are your favorites that you might miss now that you have moved from California, <laughs> I have a love affair with the Pacific Crest Trail. Where is that? That starts at the border of Mexico and goes all the way up to Canada. Oh, my. Um, so the southern terminus where it starts at the Mexico border um, is down by Descanso, which okay. is about 35 to 40 miles. What would that be? Um, east, southeast of San Diego. Okay. So, yeah, that's the starting point, And thousands of people try to do it every year. It's 2,500 miles. 
and it goes up through the mountain range of California into Oregon, into um, Washington, and then stops at the Canada, Canada border. Oh, boy. So it goes through the mountain range, so it goes through Idlewild, and Idlewild is probably a dream come true to me. I always wanted to retire there. Idlewild is such a beautiful little town. I was there for Mother's Day with Elizabeth and Phoenix, and we noticed all these backpackers. And I had no clue what the PCT was. We pulled over, talked to one, bought that. It was a, a young lady, a college girl, took her to a restaurant, bought her lunch, and she talked to us for like two hours and just told us all about the trail and and the people around the trail. And then we were hooked. We first started doing trail magic, which is supplying food for them or water or drinks, just hanging out on trail with them. As they walk by, you give them some food, some water, and then they keep going. Um, then we started hiking it. So that is the biggest thing I miss from California is that trail. It's just dirt, right? It's just a dirt trail. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's everything around that that I miss. That area has been called a little Yosemite. Yes. And yes. that's where we, we had our honeymoon, in fact. Did you that really? Was, yes. Yeah. In 1804. We had. <laughs> You're looking good. You're looking yeah. good, Barry. You, Thank you. you aged well. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually tried to buy some land there right when COVID hit. And then I had to step back and realize, I don't know how long this is going to last. So spending the money may not be a good idea. And yeah, I hate saying it, but thank God I didn't buy it because I probably would have lost it anyway. <laughs> right. So, oh. yeah, but that's so that's it. So the Pacific Coast Trail is the main trail I miss. But I also, believe it or not, miss the, de the desert. When I lived in Phoenix, I hated the desert. But for, it's something about the desert in San Diego or, or Southern California that just. It's mysterious. It's beautiful. Yeah. I just, I love like 29 there. Palms, 29 Palms and um, Anza Borrega or Joshua Tree. Like, I just love being in all those areas because there's always a view, whether you're mm. down in the desert, whether you're up on one of the mountains, there's always a view. Would you go out by yourself or with the family? I would take the family on short hikes and we would go to, especially with the Pacific Crest Trail, there's trailheads throughout that you can park on and within a mile you're overlooking a 3,000 foot cliff um, but then there's other spots that you have to hike four or five miles in to get like this view that you're never going to see anywhere that you drive to so when it was the short ones I would take the family when it was the longer trips I'd be either be on my own or those couple guys I used to hike with and yeah that's so mainly know. on the weekends then I guess yes and no um, I took the family on the weekends but at the time I had my business set up to the point where I could walk away for a day or two and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter, right? I had the right team in place that allowed me to go take a few days off every week and go do was what I love doing. Was that the production business? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was the audiovisual production and rentals. Yeah. Um, at the time, rentals was making just as much money as production was. So I didn't, I didn't distinguish between the two. It was just business was business, right? Yeah. So I had people full time at the warehouse handling the rentals and I had a couple of people I'd go on job site. And I, I normally wouldn't plan a hiking trip when I had a production going on because I was normally there to shake the client's hand and hang out. So. Right. Right. But when it came to just the rentals, I had people in place. Yeah. And get the check. And get the check. <laughs> you always get that up front. Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> you learned. Yeah. yeah, I learned. <laughs> Tell me about the uh, YouTube channel. So the YouTube channel. It's still there. I just haven't done anything with it much. Um, there was two things that I did. One of them was it was called Hike Your Way to Healthy. Hmm. Um, and that was the weekly series that I did where I'd go out to a local trail somewhere in Southern California 
and it was usually like three to five miles. And I would talk about the trail, um, the conditions of the trail, uh, if whether I liked it, whether I didn't like it, um, because my whole goal was just to get other people out, right? It didn't matter if you were old, young, fat, skinny, in a wheelchair, had kids in strollers. I wanted people to get out. So I would go to a lot of trails that maybe had either a beaten path or even concrete. So I could say, hey, if you're in a wheelchair, come on out. You can do this whole nice. two-mile loop. Or if you have strollers, you can do this whole two-mile loop. Or the other way around, if it has, if it's more extreme and it has a lot of rocks or boulders, tell them, you know, this isn't for you if you're with the family. It's just a solo hiker or adult hike or whatever. Um, and then the second thing I did was all the stuff I did on the Pacific Crest Trail, whether it was trail magic, whether it was hiking, all the people that I met, I would vlog that stuff as well. Because my favorite thing about that trail was, especially if it's during through hiking season, the people you meet, you meet from, you meet people from all over the world and they're mm. all on a mission and you get to hear about that mission. They're all on some type of life goal and you get to hear about that goal. Some are just energetic and want to do it. Some people are in the lowest place of their life and they didn't know what to do. So they started walking, right? And so you get to hear all this and just absorb it and be a part of their trip, which is just an amazing feeling. Man, moving, if it's walking, hiking, climbing, riding a bike, it's very therapeutic for your brain it is it is it lets you just let everything out i mean the, yeah. the biggest reason i hiked outside of the health thing and outside of loving nature was when i was on the trail all the stresses of life whether it was family whether it was work just went away i didn't think about the gig that started tomorrow i didn't think about the argument i had with you know loved yeah. ones i just enjoyed being out there that was like my, my zen moment where i got to just unleash and let everything out yeah well, I'm sure you have learned a lot. What would you say to a novice that wants to turn off Netflix and uh, get rid of the pounds that have been gained because of COVID sitting around? What would you say to someone that wants to do something? How do they prepare? Just start walking. <laughs> That's it. You don't need to go out and buy $200 shoes. You don't need to go out and buy an expensive backpack or all these, you know, sun clothes and all this ultralight stuff that you find at like the big box outdoor stores. Just start walking. Just when you start get to walking. the point where you need it, then look at some shoes. Look at some nice shoes. Go get them fit. Go get them, you know, sized for you so you have the right shoe. Um, and start from there and go and you'll, you'll learn as you go. You spend, when we got into hiking as a family, I spent thousands of dollars on stuff that never got used. Right. Yeah. But that's also part of the trip. Like we learned that as we went, but yeah, just take your first steps, you know, and, and figure it out as you go. There's videos all over YouTube of how, what to put in your pack, how to put, you know, pack your pack, what type of shoes to use, what time of clothes to wear. There, there's so much education online that just watch some videos for a little while, get motivated and just start walking. Ah, that's great advice. So pretty much that's what you did. That's what I did. It did, We just started and we, as a family, because we all did it together, as a family, we went and bought our first backpacks. We went and bought our first hiking boots. It didn't take months for us, but a few months for us to realize that we're taking another step, right? Yeah. Let's get rid of these $30 hiking boots that we bought at, you know, Big Five. Let's go to REI. Let's invest in some real boots. And then that turned into, forget REI, I want to order custom order them from this company over here, <laughs> right? And, and, and pay more for shoes than I've ever paid ever in my life. But it's when you when you love something that much and you see the benefits it does to you and the people around you, then it's, it's worth that investment. Yeah, it is so, an investment. Yeah. 
Okay, this is kind of a funny question, but it's serious. What kind of protein bars do you like? <laughs> um, it's been a while. Um, actually, Kirkland, um, which is Costco's brand, has a delicious – they have – they're just called protein bars, Kirkland protein bars. They have chocolate chip. They have cookie dough. They have chocolate. They have peanut butter. Those are probably my favorite. Um, and, of course, I buy them really? in bulk. Um, but I stopped eating protein bars years ago when I started eating more keto lifestyle. Okay. Um, just because of the carbs. Um, now we make a lot of our own stuff at home that we're going to have on trail. Like we make our own trail mix out of like certain nuts and seeds and whatever. Okay. So so that's eating meat, right? Keto? Yep. Eating meat, um, fruits, some fruits, vegetables. Beef jerky. Beef jerky, yeah. All that stuff, yeah. Yep. Beef jerky. We um, Now that in Wisconsin we have deer. Um, we acquired some deer, so we have venison and, wow. and a, a really good friend of ours gave us, uh, some bear meat, which is insanely delicious. Absolutely wow. insanely delicious. Yeah. So what's it taste like? It tastes like a real rich steak, but it's chewy. It's a lot huh. more chewy than a steak is now that we're in Wisconsin and just changing things up the way we do life in general, our next goal is to completely live off the earth. So we don't want to go to grocery stores anymore or as little as possible. So we bought a half of a cow, um, have it all in a freezer. We froze some vegetables. Um, and now we're working on a farm to get chicken from. We haven't found one yet, but that's our next goal. And so eventually it's going to be to the point where most of our stuff is homegrown, whether it's us or from a farmer. Um, and then we only go to the store to supplement. What changed your thinking? Honestly, the change of scenery. Living in California, I was so wrapped up in that lifestyle that I forgot where I came from, right? And even when I was born and raised in Milwaukee, I was in Milwaukee. I wasn't in rural Wisconsin. Right. But now we moved to the suburbs. We're about 20 miles north of Milwaukee. Everyone around here, they hunt, they fish, they create their own food. And we just looked at that. And um, Elizabeth, who loves to cook, started asking people for like backstrap of deer or whatever, saying, I want to try cooking with it. And- that just took off. Um, and then for me, it brought me back to being a kid. When I was a kid, I used to hunt. And in California, you know, that's a no-no. <laughs> I think you know right. that. So moving back here, I just, I found a new passion and I bought another bow and started target shooting and then went out hunting and just back to the ways I was when I was a child. So it's almost like being born again because I'm back. I The move, as rough as the move was, I didn't want to leave my business. I didn't want to leave a state that I think you and I probably both love to a, a degree. But coming here was the easiest thing to do because when I when I got here, there was no stress. It was just I'm back home. That's all it was. I'm back to my friends, back to my family. So it, it made everything a lot easier. So you do have family there. Yes. My mom's still here. My brother's here. Um, got an aunt, uh, some cousins. Man, that sounds so. like a good choice. It was. It was. Do you find that you have less stress that you deal with? Much less. Much less. Now, a lot of the stresses I deal with are self-inflicted. It's, 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 it's stress I create in my head and then have to work right, my way right. out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. What's it like moving from California to Wisconsin? What were some, some of the adjustments? I know there was good, but what were some of the challenges? Um, the challenges were the wardrobe. You know, I didn't own any pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I owned no pants. So we got here in Halloween. Within a couple of weeks, it started getting cold. 
So I had to run out and buy pants. I had to run out and buy coats. Yeah, you and were to, always in shorts. I was always in shorts. I'm in shorts yeah. right now. It's 40 degrees Cargo out. Cargo shorts. Cargo <laughs> shorts. So my birthday was yesterday. So I made a I made a rule that on February 7th of every year, that's when shorts weather starts. <laughs> so when I when I have my birthday, it's time to put on the shorts again. Oh, that's great. So, um, but I think I think the one of the hardest things I dealt with moving here was I still had the business in California. And I was unsure of where that was going. And then I tried to close it down. And then the SVA stepped in and was like, no, that's not going to happen. Really? So, but now we're back to the point where with the Omicron thing, events canceled again. So now I'm back to the point where, mm. all right, I'm not making money again, but I'm paying for a warehouse and this and that and the other thing. What do I do? So that's the, the hardest thing. And I don't want to keep flying back and forth. Right. Um, and I'm definitely getting used to my small bubble here. I love living in this rural area. Right, right. Last time I went to San Diego, it was beautiful as San Diego is. When I walked out of the airport, I got disgusted by all the people and the cars and the noises. And, yeah, you know, just it's not where I am anymore. And that's sad to say, too, because I'm not sure if you felt this way, but I never thought I would leave California. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but what's funny, my wife and I don't miss California. I thought I thought for sure that would be a tough one, but it is so different here. Unlike California and Tennessee, we really, really love it. Yeah. Well, you know, as an adult, I love so much about Wisconsin. I didn't like as a kid. I love the winters now, right? I love showing my daughter. Four seasons. Yeah. There's four seasons. I love watching my daughter go through that and, and experience these new things. But what I miss is the landscape of California. You can be at the beach in the morning and then an hour drive later in the mountains right. in snow. Well, I you miss that. being into nature, you would yes. definitely uh, miss that for sure. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing. There's no mountains in Wisconsin. There's got some rolling hills, but there's no mountains. And that's the mountains were like my ultimate Zen. So now it just means more road trips. <laughs> you know? that's, that's great. <laughs> well, you started a business. You're getting ready to do a soft opening uh, yes. Tell me about that. Where where'd that come from, and how much work is it? <laughs> it's a lot more work than I thought, right? <laughs> For so I used to have, and it, it it went with the vlogging. I had an online store, and it was all dropship stuff. Oh. Um, but when COVID started, the the shipping lines dried up so fast that I couldn't get the products. So I just kind of let it go to wayside and forgot about it. Once we got back to Wisconsin and everything here is so much less expensive than California, it started trickling in my head that, you know, you can do this. Like you can get a storefront and do this. And it was just always in my head. And I was kind of loosely looking around for storefronts and the one that we're in popped up and I just walked in and put an offer on the table to the landlord. And like two days later, she called back and said, yes. And all of a sudden it was go time. It was like, I need to find vendors. I need to actually start the LLC and blah, 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 blah. And just do all that stuff. And so It's been a lot of hard work, a lot more than I thought it would be. I always thought, oh, I want to own an outdoor store, but I didn't want to Mm. put in the work to get there. But I am learning so much that it's well worth it, right? I'm learning about the supply chains. I'm learning about the gear, learning about my neighbors. Like I'm in a little downtown area and the people around here are just incredible. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and that's it. And at first it was moving so slow because of the supply chain, it didn't feel real. But in the last couple of weeks, we've had semis pull up with like, two pallets, three pallets of stuff and they drop in front of your store. And then I'm like, Oh, this is real. 
Yeah. Like, I need to start making this happen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I'm ridiculously over budget, but I didn't care. I I decided to do this all in. Right. When I first started thinking about it, it was like a hobby. And then I was like, no, this is all in. Like, let's do this. We're in the right place. It's the right time. Everyone wants to go outside now. So even though the lockdown here wasn't anywhere close to what it was in California, people still want to be outside. Good. Right. People want to walk to the restaurant. People want to walk to the store. And I just happen to be in their way. So it's called Horizon Outfitters. Horizon Outfitters. Yep. Okay. What kind of supply or inventory do you have right now as far as me walking in? What would I see? Uh, Right now, it's a lot of just the camping gear. It's a lot of the trinkets that you get for camping and backpacking. So stoves, fuel, uh, freeze-dried food, um, dehydrated foods. Got some tents, got some uh, sleeping bags and some tactical clothing. I have a small corner of tactical gear that's behind me and some backpacks, stuff like that. I'm still waiting on most of the clothing. Um, That seems to be the hardest thing hit with the supply chains. Hmm. Um, And then I'm also waiting on shoes and boots. I won't probably get a lot of that stuff till the end of the year. Ah. So, yeah. Yeah, the shoes, shoes and clothing were probably hit the hardest in the supply chain because most of it was made in Vietnam. So in Vietnam had a really hard lockdown when COVID hit, they were closed for like six months. So mm. now that the, all the inventory and all the warehouse just dried up in towards the end of 2021, now everyone's panicking because we can't get what we're ordering. Oh, I see. So in fact, I applied for a few vendors that said, we can't even go near you until 2023 because we're not filling the orders we currently have. So oh, they all my. said, come back in 2023 and try again. It's an interesting time. And I, that's that's one of the things that I learned, like just how the supply chain works and where stuff comes from. Well, you have a presence from a storefront and also online? I will online. Um, we're not going to sell online immediately. I'm going to okay. wait till later in the year. I just want to I want to concentrate on the store first. This is the first store I've ever owned. So okay. I want to make I want to make my mistakes early. So, so I don't make them because doing the shipping thing, if you're not drop shipping, if you're actually shipping from your store, it's a whole nother business. It's a whole different ballgame. So I want to make sure that I have the storefront right before I take on another venture. Okay. So are you going to have any of your own brand as far as shirts and things? Yes. So that's a great question. Um, because of how hard it is to get clothing right now. I got with a vendor that sells like um, moisture wicking shirts and sunscreen shirts and quick dry shirts, stuff like that. Um, And so the logo that's on my hat right here, the little grizzly, that's going to be on the back of the shirt in between the shoulders. And that's just going to be our brand. So I'll have for men, I'll have four or five colors of those shirts. For women, I'll have four or five colors. And that's where it's going to start. And then we're probably going to eventually try to get into pants and things like that. Nice. I keep hearing... When I'm doing my social stalking on you, uh, the the heavy hiker, what's that about? So the heavy hiker was how this started. My my vlog and the online store was all called the heavy hiker. Ah. Um, I don't know. After talking for a while, when we opened the retail store, we just we just figured that that would not be appealing to everybody. Like as an online presence, it's fine. All right, in California, it was fine. Here as a storefront, I think that would probably scare away more people than it would bring in, right? So even yeah. though everyone here has got a beer gut, I mean, it's it's Wisconsin. <laughs> we eat cheese, we drink beer. It's what we do. So, um, yeah, so that's how we decided to change the name. 
Um, but it's still a thing. I still have the LLC. It's still a company. Eventually, we'll, we'll have it back online when the supply chain comes to comes to terms with what it used to be. Okay. And you so, were dabbling in some uh, real estate when you got there, right? Yeah. So when I thought I was closing the production company down, a f- really good friend of mine does home loans. Okay. And he said, hey, I'd love to have you on my team, you know, and pointing me in the direction of taking the classes, getting licensed and all that. So um, that's what we jumped into. Uh, I, got, I got licensed a couple months after we got here. And I've been doing it ever since. It's still the thing I do every morning for the first part of the day that I move into the store and move into working on the stuff okay. in California that I still have. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to go away. It's a good industry to be in. Right now, we're in a little bit of lull. But Well, it sounds like some of your store stuff may be more seasonal because of the change in weather. Is that right? It will be. There is actually, and I learned this moving back. I, I didn't know this as a kid, but there's a huge market around winter camping. Ah. Um, it's called like hot tenting. They set up basically it looks like a TP. They put a little wood burning stove in there really? and they stay in their tents. Yeah. Or they use uh, hammocks and they put a tarp over a hammock, hammock, hammock in a, in a chair and get like 40 below sleeping bags and they, and they sleep out in the winter. Oh, um, my. I'm involved with a gentleman. He has a company by the name of now outdoors. He basically guides people on all these different uh, adventures um, he has his favorite time of year is winter. He has a number of outdoor adventures on his property that are all winter related. Like right now, I think it's right now, he's on a seven day snowshoe camping trip where they snowshoe, they pull a sled, everything's in their sled. They, you know, do a couple miles, set up a big base camp, stay there for seven days, turn around and come back. I'm hoping to get some of that crowd. A lot of that is online sales. If they know what tent they want, they go to the website, they buy it. They know what stove they want, they go to the website and buy it. I'm hoping to capture some of that. Yeah. So come next winter, I won't get it this year, but come next winter, I'll carry, you know, the larger coats. I'll carry the more Eskimo style boots. I'll carry uh, snowshoes, stuff of that nature that a lot of the big box type companies don't really do a lot of. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're, preparing and educating your next wave of customers. I'm it's hoping like so. They walk in your store and they're thinking summer activity and now you have supplies for winter activity. It sounds yeah. like you're onto something. Yeah, it's definitely something to get used to. I'm learning that as I go too. Like right now when I met with a bunch of vendors last month, they're all on fall and, and next winter. So they're showing me all these winter products. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this now. They're like, no, we're talking next year. And I'm like, I need now. Like, well, show mm. me what's now. So, yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. I know you'll figure it out. You always have. I'm going to regress a little bit. What would you say that you're really, really good at? Logistics. Logistics and relationships. Mm, nice. Like I, I, I've been telling all the people around me for a long time, I don't care what kind of business I have. It's all just business. The back end is all the same. You fulfill orders, you take care of customers, you move on. It doesn't matter what the product is. Yeah. And I think that's where I shine is the back end of things, just handling the logistics. What has been over your life some really major challenges that you feel like, you know what, I wouldn't want to go back and do it over, but those are the things that got me going or that I learned the most about myself? Probably construction. You know, I grew up, my father owned a 
floor covering business. That's where I got my idea of, I watched my dad and said, I don't want to ever have a real job, right? Because decide when he was going to work and when he didn't. And that's how I grew up, just watching that. So going back, I mean, that was hard on the knees. Lane Carpo was hard on the knees. And when I got into painting, I uh, went from carpet into painting. I always had shoulder problems and back problems from, you know, rolling or, or doing ceilings or whatever. And I just realized that's what pushed me into getting the production. I just didn't want to do the manual labor anymore. And I'm not lazy by all means, but I don't want to hurt every day. Right. And so right. that's what pushed me to move on to production and get out of just the trades. So that's one thing I don't think I could ever go back to. You And it's not even a money thing. I don't think I can go back to just being in the trades. It's just, it's just a hard life, especially here when half your season is winter. So we just had an electrician in the store yesterday, uh, a friend of mine, and he was doing new construction where the heat in the house wasn't even on the day before. It was 12 degrees here. Oh my. Right. So that's just something that I, I have no interest in going back to you, just that type of thing. <laughs> well, you could give him a hot temp. <laughs> right? I will. I will. Christmas present. Yeah, right. definitely. Well, it seems because of COVID and all that stuff, people are retooling. And the people that shot out of this were the ones that didn't sit still waiting, but took initiative to start where they were, kind of re redid themselves, you know, new focus, yeah. new, new passion, new way to make money. Um, but those that kind of waited around thinking that the old way of doing life was going to come back are kind of behind right now. Yeah. You know, I, I was in denial for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was a good three months before I realized we're not going anywhere. Mm. And that's when I started looking at options. That's when I started looking at other business to get into um, or investments or just another way to make money because we have families to support. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, what a lot of people don't realize, especially when you're a business owner, when that time when that time came, you know, there was no government money for you. You just didn't get paid. So we were still paying thousands of dollars every month to have our warehouse, the multiple trucks that we had, the insurance, all the overhead. I was still paying for our house. I was still paying for our groceries, still paying for all that, but what? not making a dime, right? And I, I couldn't just blow through our savings just to pay myself a salary. So after about three months is when it just hit me like this isn't, this isn't over, do something else. Right. So that's when I started exploring different options. Yeah. Well, the name of this podcast is My New Norm, and that's exactly what I went through when I had the health event. My pre-stroke life was not going to come back, yeah. you know, and so it was adjusting the mind to say, I need to see where I am now and where I want to go and forget where I was. And that's the same thing that you did. Mm -hmm. You had to adjust where you are and go to where you want to go. That's a sign of strength, like, yeah. especially in your situation, because how many people would give up in that situation? Well, I didn't have a choice. I mean, I didn't personally. Um, I just felt like it does me no good to think back to try to go to what is not going to come back. Let's yeah. let's start where you are and move forward. And that, that really helped me. But you've done the same thing. Yeah, and I think the... The best way to view it now is like you said, your new norm or my new norm. Yeah. That new norm is always going to change. Right. And I welcome that. I embrace it. Let it keep changing. Mm -hmm. That way we never fall asleep at the wheel, if you will. 
that way yeah. we're always looking for the next thing. We always have our eyes open and our ears open, sucking it all in, taking it all in, in the now and not going, oh, someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. No, it is someday. Yeah, it's today. Today is someday. Yeah. So. Uh, well, there's a lot of people listening or know of people that are stuck. What would you say to the guy, the gal that's still in denial and needs to get off their butt? What would you say? <laughs> this is a family show, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think the only thing I can say is find your motivation. Find what's going to make you take that first step, right? Figure out what in life you want to achieve and just go, right? I think a lot of the problems that and I had this as well as the people around you may not be motivated, right? And as much as it hurts, find someone who will motivate you, mm. right? And maybe you have to step away from that loved one or that group for a little bit to get your focused on. Yeah. And then once you're focused and you get yeah. your stuff together, then go back, maybe share it with them. Maybe they're, they're in a, a drag as well and they need your help to get out of that. Yeah. Right. But just find your focus, find your, your ambitions, find whatever's going to motivate you in life. And just go with it. Henry Ford is one of my heroes. And he said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's so true. I love that quote. And I have thought about that, especially during restrictions and and all that stuff. You know what? The fight and the answer is right here. It's not yes. out there. So let's get up. Put the big boy pants on and get moving. Some I don't share with a lot of people. Now the whole world's going to hear it, right? <laughs> uh, my biggest fear in life is actually success. Because how many times of life have you climbed a ladder and then fell off, right? So it's, I was on a ladder when 08 hit, right? The economy tanked, lost my business then. When 9-11 hit, lost my business then. COVID hit, lost my business then. You know, how many ladders can you go up and fall down and then just lose it, mm. right? So success is one of my biggest fears, but I never stop reaching for it. For some maybe it's the torture, I don't know, but I always reach for it. So even, even during COVID, I got in a really dark place. Like there was a few months where just couldn't figure it out, right? I'm mm. like, where am I going? You know, how am I going to feed my family? And that, that has been the key for you. That gets you yeah. up and moving when you don't feel like it. That's a tremendous, a tremendous motivator. <laughs> well, you've done well. Yeah. Uh, I think of Scott Hamilton. I remember hearing him at one of our events, and he said, I have fallen 4,640 times, but I have gotten up. 4,000, whatever it was, plus one, you know, Yes. and, and that's life, you know, that is. success is uh, not always where you're going because what you step out to do changes along the way. You know, you know more, you made a different decision because you had to success is just keep moving, just yeah. keep moving. I'm, I'm full of quotes today, but <laughs> I, I remember in high school, I bought a poster. I bought it on uh, Sports Illustrated magazine. It was a dollar. 
and I remember I put it up my room and it's this picture of this runner all by himself. In front of him is this major road that he's about ready to climb. And it says, the race is not always for the swift. It's for those that keep on running. Yep. And that to me was the theme of life, you know? Yeah. Just just keep going. It's your just race. Just keep going. Yep. It's not everybody else's race. It's yours. Yeah. You're the competition for yourself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'll tell you, you've got a YouTube channel that I think is going to be a, a great resource for my listeners. What What's the name of the channel? Um, it's actually where everything's posted is called Robot in the Wild. Um, Spell that. R-O-B-O-T in the <laughs> wild. Yeah. So, but you can't find it on YouTube because there's so many robot things on YouTube. Um, if you type in hike your way to healthy, the videos pop up. Okay. So, and I haven't touched that page in months, but now I'm going to have to. So thanks for the motivation. Yeah. You got to get going on this for sure. Yeah. You may not think this, but I see you as that kind of person that gets up in the morning and says, I may not feel like getting out of bed. I may be hurting, but I got a job to do. I'm going to yeah. do it. And you have been a rock solid friend, even though we didn't hang out every day. I just really appreciate you. And I, I'm just excited to hear in the months to come where you are. I appreciate that. And the feeling is 100% mutual. In fact, I'm glad we moved within a day of each other because now come travel <laughs> season, we can come down and visit because the traveling doesn't stop. We may not be in California anymore, but the traveling does not stop. It's what we do. Yeah, that's true. So. And you could get your family out and walk towards our house and yeah. uh, and be here yeah. in a day and a half. So <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, what last words would you like to share to my listeners in regards to, man, I would like to get up and start moving or taking the family outside or what are those things that you'd like to share with them? You know, I had, um, I hope I get this right. I used to have a quote at the end of every one of my episodes of Hike Your Way to Healthy. And that quote was, every step you take is a step in the right direction. Hike your way to healthy. So, and that's exactly it. Every step you take is going to get you to your goal. Mm. It doesn't matter if you can walk a block or half a block or to the end of the block and back or a mile or five miles. Just keep walking. Nice. And I, I hold that into every part of my life. Just keep going. Yeah, don't keep start. going. And I love it when you said the best place to start, start walking. Yeah. Take the first step to start. Yeah. You're never going to get anywhere without taking that first step. And it'll be the hardest step. It may be the hardest step you ever take. But once you take it, you're in motion. Robert, incredible. I want to thank you for sharing your life and sharing uh, your passion I know it's going to hit on the hearts of those listening. Let's stay in touch. Please, please. Thank you, Barry. Thank you for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You know, so much was shared here. I know you'll want to rehear it and then share it with those that you know. Remember, it's about the small steps. What step or steps can you take in the next 30 days? This is the My New Norm podcast, a podcast about helping you foster change. 
Until the next episode, I am still your host, Barry Scott Young.